you so very much, wonderful musicians. Thank you, Hannah, for directing the worship team. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Yes, indeed. Would you, church family, turn in your Bible now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Our theme today is what we believe. What we believe. As I was reflecting upon the fact that today marks our 37th anniversary as a church family. And in fact, this whole month marks our 37th anniversary. I said, Lord, I believe, I believe we should focus on what we believe, where we stand. And so in this message, I obviously don't have time to focus on everything that we believe, but from 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 11, we have the following beautiful truth. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for this part of your holy Bible. We thank you, Lord, for what you desire to communicate to us. We thank you for the truth of your holy word. Touch and impact each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church family, I'm sure you see it right there because it's very straightforward. The first truth is this. We believe, we believe we can be saved through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 beautifully says, read it out loud with me. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. What can we be saved from? Well, even before Jesus was born, an angel said to Joseph, recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, 21, the angel said, and she, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will what? He will save his people from their sins. That's good news. You and I can be saved from the consequences of our sins. That's what we believe in the church of the Nazarene. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And that is talking, talking about eternal death in hell. That's talking about eternal separation from God in hell. But you and I, you and I can be saved from eternal death in hell through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe this truth in the church of the Nazarene. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 beautifully declares, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the King James Version translation from the original Greek that was done in 1611. Or Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation, a translation from the Greek 
that was done in the 1990s. That translation says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Amen? So the question is, are you saved? Our purpose as a church is to encourage you, to inspire you, to call you to be saved, to call our community to be saved through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. Acts 2.21 says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, that's Jesus, will be saved. And Acts 4.12 says there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which you and I, by which we must be saved. Amen? There's a beautiful hymn called Saved, Saved. Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful hymn. We probably haven't sung it in a long time. George, George Adams, how's your voice today, my brother? How's your voice? Come on up here. Come on up here. I still remember the beautiful ways in which George, George led this, you know, save, save. Anthony's playing there. Uh, he's giving us a nice introduction. Hey, why don't we stand? Let's stand. George, George, here are the words for you, brother. Here are the words. Here, hold on. Here, here you go. The microphone. There you go. Ready? I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true.
Sergeant Anthony, thank you so very much. Praise God. So the question is, are you saved? Are you saved? When we serve the Lord's Supper in a few minutes, if you are saved through faith and trust in Jesus, I invite you to celebrate your faith by taking the bread and the drink. For some of you, as you take communion, this can be the first time when you personally make a decision to say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And from this day forward, I declare that I am saved, saved from my sins, saved through faith and trust in Jesus. This we believe. Amen. Well, truth number two is closely tied to the first one, of course. But truth number two today is this. We believe we can live with Jesus forever in heaven. And this comes across to us in verse 10. Let's read verse 10 in unison. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And Philippians 3 verse 20 says, we, we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Hey, we can be citizens of Canada, citizens of some other country, but ultimately we need to be citizens of heaven for eternity's sake. And John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In John 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus says this: He says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Hallelujah. 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 There are many of you here who have gone to funerals in the last in the last couple of weeks, in the last month. Amen, yes you have. You've had funerals of family members, funerals of friends, yes. Our sister Edna just got back from a funeral of a loved one. And the good news is, my friends, we can be ready for heaven through faith and trust in the Lord. A man died, a man died and approached the pearly gates of heaven. St. Peter told the man that, that heaven, heaven was getting crowded so that he had to test people with, with a certain point system. Had to get a point system. And uh, St. Peter said to this man, he said, if he could get, if he could get 100 points, the man could enter heaven. The man then told Peter 
that he gave to the poor. So Peter credited him with three points, three points. The man thought again and told Peter that he tithed. He gave a tenth of his income to his local place of worship, his church. Oh, then Peter, Peter gave him one more point. I think he should have given him at least 10 points, but Peter's Peter. So Peter gave him one more point. The man desperately searched his memory and, and, said, and said that he, he, never, he never cussed. He never swore that should be good for something. Peter said, you get a half a point. Half a point. I would have given him at least five points. Well, by now the man, the man was getting very frustrated, very upset, very frustrated, and said that at this rate, he could only get to heaven. At this rate, he would only get to heaven by the grace of God. And Peter said, come on in. <laughs> come on in, he said. That's right. You only get to heaven by the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Another hymn writer beautifully says, Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, my friends, we're talking about what we believe. We believe we can live with Jesus forever in heaven. Have you made your reservation in heaven? There's a third truth we believe, and it is this. <clears throat> we believe in encouraging and building each other up. This is obviously stated in, in verse 11. Let's read it in unison, shall we? So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Isn't that beautiful? Encourage each other just as you're already doing. Well, how might we? How might we encourage each other? Well, for those of you who are perhaps taking notes, you might put A, all right? Encourage each other to stay true to the Lord. This is one way. Encourage each other to stay true to the Lord. Acts chapter 11, verse 23 speaks of this. It says, he, that is Barnabas, encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. What does this mean? It means if you notice, if you notice someone drifting away from the Lord, if you notice someone drifting away from the church, from the place of worship, phone them up. Phone them up or send them a text message, an email, or a handwritten note, or pay them a visit, and in one way or another, say to them, the Lord loves you, and we love you. Don't give up on your faith. Yes, yes, you maybe are going through many hardships, many heartaches, many difficulties, many emotional struggles, but don't give up on Jesus. Hang in there. 
Stay faithful, stay faithful. Let's encourage one another to stay true to the Lord. Amen? Amen? Some of you here could give some beautiful testimonies of how someone, someone in this church, someone from somewhere else has greatly encouraged you to stick to the Lord, to remain faithful to the Lord, to keep trusting in him even when everything didn't make sense in your life. And by their encouragement, you've been making it. And you're gonna make it into heaven. Praise the Lord. Let's also, for those of you making notes, point B, encourage each other by pointing out a fabulous quality you appreciate in a person. It is easy for most of us to notice someone else's faults. Now, have you ever just, you know, observed this? Have you ever observed that for some reason it is usually easier for people to notice other people's faults? Isn't that the case? I've never been able to fully understand that, but that just seems to be the way it is. Well, let's train ourselves, teach ourselves to notice a person's fabulous qualities instead of their faults and failures. I try to get a little bit of interesting wording there. Fabulous qualities instead of faults and failures. Took me a little while to figure that out. <clears throat> I'm not suggesting to you, by the way, I'm not suggesting to you uh, or I that, that we go around artificially, artificially or insincerely or inappropriately saying nice things to each other just for the sake of saying nice things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm suggesting that you and I make more of a, make more of a habit more of a practice of pointing out a beautiful quality which you notice in a person. And that can be, that can be a person in your family, at church, at work, at school, at the grocery store, in your neighborhood, wherever you are. I want to encourage all of us to get more and more into this practice of noticing and pointing out a fabulous quality instead of, instead of faults and failures. As I speak these words, I have to tell you, I have to tell you about two ladies who have been just incredible this week. Most of you know that our 29-year-old son, Jeremy, who had to have the major open heart surgery this week on Wednesday at Toronto General Hospital. Most of you know that Jeremy is married to a wonderful young lady named Kirby. They've been married for four years, and, uh, and uh, Jeremy has had the same mother for 29 years. Just thought I'd make that clear. <laughs> I, I just want you to know, I'm telling you this because I want you to know that both Kirby 
and his mother, my wife, Kirby, and his mother, Cindy, have been an incredible, an incredible source of love, support, and help to Jeremy during a very agonizing week for him. Go ahead, thank you, thank you. I, I, I'm gonna have to make sure that Kirby hears this message, eh? Um, they have been, Cindy and Kirby have been there at the hospital for him day and, and night, and uh, I don't think, I don't think a patient could ask for anything more from a wife and mother. I just, I, I've been totally amazed that a young lady like, like Kirby can be as loving and supportive to a husband as she has been. Um, Kirby and Jeremy, Kirby and Cindy's support of Jeremy <clears throat> uh, has reminded me, in fact, of the kind of love and support that I have seen many of you show towards a family member or friend across the years when family members or friends in your own life have been very ill. And I rejoice in that. Let us all encourage each other by pointing out a fabulous quality that we appreciate in each other. Right on? Thank you, sweetheart. Let's also, point C, <clears throat> let's also encourage each other by rejoicing when someone rejoices. Romans 12, 15 in the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, be happy with those who are happy. <clears throat> My friends, whether it is a family member, a friend, a coworker, a schoolmate, a neighbor, or someone at church, rejoice with them when something good happens to them. Rejoice with someone when they tell you, when they tell you, for example, that they, let's say, got a promotion at work, or they just found a, a new job that they've been looking for for a long time, or they just got, just got engaged, or just became married. Rejoice with, uh, with, with them when, when they bought a new, a new car, whether the car was used or brand new. Rejoice with that person going to have, who's going to have a baby who's going to have a baby, or is going on a beautiful trip. Little, little difference there between baby and trip. Uh, but uh, rejoice. Re rejoice when someone receives a special award. Rejoice when someone has just had a grandchild join their family. Rejoice when someone has just bought a new house or started a new business or just graduated. When these good things happen in people's lives, don't, don't just, don't just, um, oh, don't just, oh, oh, that's nice, and then start talking about the weather, right? Rejoice. Be happy with him or her or them. And get excited with them. And next time something good happens in your life, they're going to get excited with you. And there, there's just something contagious and beautiful about someone rejoicing with you, isn't there? Isn't that true? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes. 
Most of us can improve in this area of rejoicing when someone rejoices. Um, by the way, it would also be more helpful if more of you would tell us, would tell us when something wonderful happens in your life so that we can rejoice with you as a church family. Some of you, some of you tend to keep good news like a big secret, you know, like it's, uh, it, it's just you and Jesus that needs to know about it type of thing, and, and you don't let anybody else rejoice with you, get excited. Now, I, I, I'm, I mean, there, by the way, <clears throat> there, there are times when, you know, some news is appropriate to share, and there are times you, you want to keep news to yourself until it's appropriate to share. So I'm not just talking about, you know, just shooting off your mouth every time. You got to use your good common sense and what makes sense to you as a person, as a family. But I'm just saying, share the good news with your friends, family. Share the good news with us pastors, with our church family, and beyond. Let it be so. All right. Furthermore, let us, point D, encourage each other when someone is going through a hard time. When someone is going through a hard time. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Weep with those who weep. I want to express appreciation to the many of you who weep with those in our church family who are, for example, going through the death of a loved one or going through some other hardship. I want to also thank the many of you who have, who have been encouraging my wife and I by praying and fasting for our son's recovery from his open heart surgery. I haven't been able to return all your phone calls or respond to all your messages due to time limitations, but Jeremy and Kirby, my wife and I, have sincerely felt your love and your prayers and your support, and we truly want to say thank you. Thank you so very much. Amen. Amen. It's not, uh, it's not every day that any of us has a child or a family member that goes through open heart surgery, and we're so grateful for the wonderful support. Uh, we have been also surprised, surprised and grateful to discover that not, not only has our Rosewood Church family and our Connect Church of the Nazarene family been praying for Jeremy, but, but others have been doing so as well outside of our immediate churches. Uh, last night, last night uh, for instance, I listened to a beautiful voicemail from one of our men here in the church from Azmat who told me that in addition to to he and his wife praying and fasting for Jeremy, his brother, his brother and his family in Pakistan were also praying and fasting for him. Isn't that something? Amen. And uh, on the day of Jeremy's surgery, I, I received a beautiful text message from Pastor Junior and Rose Serzano of our, of our, of our um, London Church of the Nazarene in which, um, in which he just said, uh, dear Pastor Nick and, and, and Cindy, we just want you to know we're praying for Jeremy. We understand what you're going through because not long ago we went on the same journey 
when they had a family member go through a similar operation. Uh, earlier this week, we received a phone call from Patrick and Chandra Alfred, who have been in Barbados, who have been in Barbados, and it was wonderful to hear from Patrick and Chandra and to know that they too were praying for Jeremy. They've known our son since he was born. Our, on Friday, I was kind of surprised. On Friday, I went to the McKechnie Funeral Home in Ajax to attend a funeral there, and as I entered, as I entered the building, one of the funeral directors came to me. He's a Christian gentleman. He, he, uh, he came to me through the crowd, and, and he said, Pastor Nick, I just want you to know oh, I'm praying for your son. And I looked at him, and I thought, how in the world did you even know? I, I, I still don't know how he knew. My friends, let's continue to believe in encouraging and building each other up. Amen? So, here it is, what we believe. This isn't all that we believe, but for today's message, we believe we can be saved through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you saved? We believe we can live with Jesus forever in heaven. May you have the certainty, the assurance that your eternal home is in heaven. And we believe in encouraging and building each other up. Let's continue to do so. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these beautiful truths from your special part of the Holy Bible. Oh, thank you for the truths from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 9, 10, and 11. And Lord, I pray that you would help and you would inspire each listener today here in the sanctuary and listening by radio. Help each one to come to that point of knowing that our sins are forgiven and that we are saved, saved from the consequences of our sins, saved from hell, and we are saved knowing that we're bound for heaven. Let it be so. And Lord, may you continue to help each one of us to encourage one another and to build one another up just as Jesus constantly built people up when he walked the face of this earth. And now, Lord, we prepare to celebrate our faith, to celebrate the good news that we are saved through Christ as we partake of the Lord's Supper. Bless these moments together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Beloved, I invite us now to just open up our minds and hearts to allow God's Spirit to touch us through the Lord's Supper. Reading from the Church of the Nazarene Manual, the Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine, emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. 
Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. Amen.